0: Welcome to Elevate, I'm so happy you're here with me today and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to fuel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Elevate. So today... I have a mom on that's going to share a little bit about her story, some of the mental battles that a lot of moms face and how she overcame that and how her life changed because she gave herself permission to prioritize herself and her health. So today, please welcome Ms. Dow. How are you today? Hi, I'm
1: good. I'm well.
0: I'm very excited to kind of share your story because after I made that post about moms and giving them a specific message, a lot of them reached out just with the overwhelm and stress and guilt that they carried. And so my first question to you is where did you start with all of this as far as prioritizing your health? What had you tried previously? And then obviously getting pregnant, having a child and then shifting into postpartum and how did you navigate that phase of your life?
1: Um, So while I've you know, I was into fitness in my, um, I don't know, since I was probably 16 and into my 20s. Um, but then it just kind of fell off just with lifestyle and life in general. Um, and I don't think I actually took it seriously until now. Well, a couple of or a year and a half ago, I'm turning 42. So it's been a long time. <laughs> um, and I have yo-yo dieted for a long time. I have tried a lot of different things. And I, we've discussed this, I've never had issues with uh, discipline or, you know, picking something, putting my mind to it and actually getting it done, but it never stuck. So uh, this time around, I just woke up one day and I said, you know what, enough's enough. Um, I had my second child, he's two now. And I was at the heaviest I've ever been. And it was hard. It was hard getting around. It was hard just managing the day to day, um, looking after him, uh, walking up the stairs, you know, constantly on the move. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And I seriously just literally, like I said, woke up and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I need to get healthier. And, you know, we always say um, it's hard, but it's harder just maintaining that lifestyle, that unhealthy lifestyle. That was hard. I've been doing this for a year and a half now. And honestly, it's easy. The hard became easy. If so let's I don't
0: know. Yeah, no, no, no. But I want I want to reverse a little bit because I think this yeah. is a really important point. So a lot of women, um in men, I would say, but mostly women, right? They they know that they're uncomfortable and they want to lose the weight and they want to feel confident and they want to feel better and have better energy and clarity. And a lot of times people will initially seek out something like a surface level solution, which we talked about previously, right? right? The things yeah. that are not necessarily sustainable long-term but can get you short-term results. And like you had said previously, you'd been kind of a yo-yo dieter, trying different things, implementing different systems and none of that ever carried itself forward. And so my curiosity is when you leaned into those different types of things, what was the psychology behind that, if you remember, and why did you select that over looking at behaviors? Was it a marketing ploy? Was it just the visuals that got you bought in? Was it the emotional grab that some of those, um, you know, headlines will share with you? Like, what was that that was like, okay, this is, this is the thing I got to try. This is going to be the thing.
1: I think it was all of the above. Um, And, you know, it's about vanity, right? Like, I just wanted to look good. That's what it was I want to do. I thought losing the weight and looking a certain way was going to make me feel happy. But that was completely wrong. Because even when I did attain those goals, and I got to that point, well, guess what, I still wasn't happy. Let's talk
0: about that. I actually think that's a super important point. So I say this all the time and and not necessarily always in this context, but I think it's important, right? We chase something that we don't have thinking that when we achieve the thing that we want, we've convinced ourselves that that is the thing that will make us happy. And it's only once you go through it and you achieve the thing that you have the experience of the disappointment that comes from that success. Right. And, and that can make people feel, um, it either can drive people to continue to chase something different of like, oh, well, maybe if I just lose five more pounds, I'll be happier. Or maybe if I just fit into a size four instead of a size six, I'll be happier. Um, yeah. And so, uh, or the on the other side of the coin, it can cause people to start to implement destructive habits out of you know self-loathing, or I thought this would be it, but I guess I'm still broken. Something's wrong with me. And then they can go backwards with disrespectful behavior. And so um, my curiosity is for you, when you achieve that thing and you realize that it wasn't fulfilling, what changed for you?
1: In terms, I don't, honestly, I think I I actually just struggled with that for years. It, nothing ever really changed. I always got to that end point and I just, it was a vicious cycle, just kept going back and forth and, you know, doing it all over again. And what, What ultimately worked and what changed for me was just recently learning about, you know, what I really need and working on my inner self and healing, you know, what it was inside of me that was stopping me from doing it long term, changing my mindset on why I needed to do it. And I realized it was especially now, and maybe it's just the, you know, we 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 say seasons of life, and maybe it's where I was, and I have two kids and I have to little humans that now I have to look after and worry about and if I'm not around for them you know then what uh, my mindset changed from just wanting to look good and so I thought feel good quote-unquote um, to getting strong and being healthy like it, it wasn't so much about um, getting to a certain number or looking a certain way it's not about that anymore and That's why it's stuck and I'm still going and it's a lifestyle now. So it's just habits, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And fundamentally, again, that is the number one thing is if even on a surface level, if you lose a good amount of weight and you change your body composition, if nothing about your behavior or your psychology or your beliefs or the narratives, the stories you tell yourself about yourself, if none of that stuff fundamentally changes, then the odds that any program lasts long-term is minimal think that's really important for people to consider, but you also talked about why, like your why specifically. Yeah. And so I want to get into that a little bit. So when you initially started to focus on, okay, I want to lose the weight, I want to do it. And you were a little bit focused on vanity. And so was the initial why for external perceptions of other people, of your own inherent value based on maybe culture or yeah. opinions of stakeholders in your life, Like, what was that why? And then what was the shift into your why now?
1: So, yeah, 100%, that was, I, I, there's so many cultural, um, societal, and even familial, like expectations and conditioning and things I grew up with. And so, yeah, a lot of it was about this whole people-pleasing um, attitude as well, right? And wanting some sort of, I don't know, external gratification, I guess. I mean, if, if I had that external gratification, then maybe it would make me feel good, <laughs> So there were a lot of things at play growing up and, you know, having gone through this for the last 15 years um, and the shift now was that um, I just, I stopped caring. <laughs> mm. I just, you know, we were talking about this, that I just don't give enough an about anything. Like I can't care about what people think Um what my family thinks Um, I have to worry about myself and I have to prioritize myself because what has, you know, doing that for the last 20 years brought me like what benefit has it brought me and it's nothing. If anything, everything has been negative. So I, so prioritizing myself and putting myself first, I think um, is the most important thing that we can do for ourselves. And I think anyone but especially as mothers.
0: So I want to dive into a little bit about first the validation side of things. So I think that a lot of people, and, and I was like this in my younger years, and there's a huge shift from looking at your own inherent value and thinking that it is the opinions of others that give you that, right? If people say you're lazy, you're overweight, you're whatever, right? You start to inherently identify yourself as those things instead of taking the time to get to know yourself and develop yourself internally to someone that you want to embody and the type of person that you respect, Um, that you can carry that forward. But that goes from external validation and doing things to be seen as valuable in the eyes of other people into what do I need to do to be valuable within myself? And I think that is a massive shift that a lot of people don't consider or are even aware of, again, the underlying theme of why it is we do the things that we do. And if you break it down, a lot of people will, like you said, take bite off more than they can chew and say yes more than no and be afraid to set boundaries, especially as a wife or a mother, right? You have this perception that it is your duty for the rest of your life to sacrifice your life to make sure that you take care of these other people. And I know a lot of moms will hear you say it is your duty to prioritize yourself and they will be like, how can you say that? So I would like for you to share a little bit about that that shift from external to internal fulfillment and how you've gone from a place of spreading yourself thin, taking on too much to giving yourself permission to set boundaries and advocate for your own self. And then on the other side of that, how has that changed the quality of your life?
1: Okay. Um, so when I first started this journey, um, and if you don't mind, I'll just go into it a little bit. Like I just, I just focused on nutrition. I wasn't focusing on, um, you know, my inner self as much. And these things came later. So I focused on my nutrition, you know, I lost my first 50 pounds and guess what? Like, I felt so much better about myself, not because I lost that 50 pounds, but because I was just inherently like feeling better physically So because I was feeling better physically, um, I was able to do more things with my kids. I wasn't feeling guilty that, you know, I wasn't able to run around with them or, you know, I couldn't do this for myself. And because I started feeling better, I could get into the next stage, which was I started um, strength training with um, a personal trainer. Um, And then that progressed into feeling stronger and feeling even, even more better and then eventually I realized that okay like I'm feeling good about myself I'm feeling good physically but I also have to work on my inner self and I have to heal things that I have grown up with I've been conditioned to believe again now going back to the people pleasing and just sacrifice, self-sacrificing yourself and doing everything for everyone else but not yourself and so I started doing that and the more work that I put into healing my inner self, um, I I just felt that, or I I do feel that I was able to progress even more. (laughs) Um, And like the path of actually, you know, taking that step to deal with your inner emotions or, um, you know, inner, childhood, I know this word is used a lot: trauma, childhood trauma, or whatever it is that we're struggling with. It's so powerful if we can actually just uh, confront that and start tackling that. Because uh, you've discussed this before, but the physiology and like the psychology of the body, like everything—the mind, the body—they go hand in hand. And I can attest to that. That's just my own personal experience, and. Had I not done that work, like I don't know if I would have been as successful as I have, and if it would have stuck and um, become a lifestyle like it has for me now. So yeah, and it's
0: it's one thing that I I beat a dead horse on, but if nothing fundamentally about your frame of reference. So frame of reference meaning we are all programmed to see the world a certain way, right? And that comes from your stakeholders, so family, friends, societal expectations, cultural expectations. Um, And within your childhood and your upbringing, right, if you look at kids, they'll dance in the street, they'll just scream, they'll sing, they don't care, right? They're not Mm -hmm. conditioned to behave or embody or represent a certain thing. There's no pressure on them other than to just be themselves. And then as they get into adolescence and then teenage years, right, we're conditioned to believe and behave and exude and embody. And these are valuable things. And you need to look at chasing these ladders and climb this career status and achieve Mm -hmm. this much success, And I think that for me personally, and I'm sure you can relate to this a lot, when you start to grow up and then you get into adulthood, for me, it's been a series of me being authentically myself, learning a lot of things and trying to embody those things, and then unlearning a lot of that, right? To find truly how I want to experience the world and how I want to experience myself. And then focusing on aligning my behaviors and my dreams and my goals within something that I personally find meaningful, which I think is how people find true fulfillment is understanding themselves on a deep level. And if you can get to a point where, and some people would say this sounds nihilistic, but that's not the case, at least in my experience, is if you decide that everything in the world is meaningless, everything, everything you're taught that is meaningful, that is valuable, that you should chase. If you remove all of that from your psyche and everything is meaningless around you or that you can pursue, and then you ask yourself, Well, if everything's meaningless, what do I find meaningful? Then you have a lot of clarity on the sense of direction in which your intuition and your own personal desires align within your life. And I think that if you give yourself permission to chase those things and pursue those things unapologetically, that is where you find the greatest levels of fulfillment and peace. And I think for me, a lot of it is giving yourself permission to be your own advocate, to look under the hood and look at the dumpster fire of the beliefs that you have and question where they came from and how much of it is real and how much of this have I inherited, passed down through family generations or whatever that might be. And then ask yourself if there's evidence of that to be true. And a lot of people fear, again, I think we've talked about this previously, and this is definitely a hot take, um, but I do, I have a lot of empathy for mothers. And I I think that comes down to a cultural narrative around feminism, and I know that I'm going to get a lot of kickback for this, but I (laughs) ask you to consider um, truly if feminism has truly liberated women and made their lives easier. And when I think about this, again, like I'm not sitting here saying every female should be a stay-at-home mom and cook and clean and do the whole thing. Like we've definitely evolved past that. But I think the idea initially and foundationally should be that women have the opportunity to climb the career ladder if indeed that's what they want. In promoting that, we also didn't necessarily remove the expectations of women to wake their kids up, feed them breakfast, bring them to school, pick them up from sports, get them home, cook them dinner, put them to bed, do the laundry, do the... Di- like they're still doing all those things. And yes, we have technology that's you know done the laundry for us mm-hmm. most of the time other than folding it and putting it away and arranging it, right? So there's still... Definitely duties that women take on outside of working now, they're nine to fives. And so if you pair that with your career and your success and the stress of a job, and then the stress of being a mother, and then also trying to prioritize your own sanity and your health, for me personally, I think that, yes, that should be an option as a path if that's truly what you want. But I think that in doing so, we've also demonized as a society and culturally stay at home moms. And they think that it's like, oh, you don't work. You don't have a job. Like you just stay at home with your kids like that. And it's somehow condemned. And I think that's entirely the wrong message um, because being a mom, in my opinion, and again, I'm not a mom yet, but with a lot of the moms that I work with in my, knowing my own mother and watching her raise three kids by herself. I mean, it is truly the most difficult job that you can have, but arguably the most important And so if you're absent or if you're showing up drained and constantly stressed out and you don't have energy and you're snappy, it's like, how are you possibly showing up to empathize and support and give your kids direction when they need you most? And so I'm curious on A, what you think about that argument, but B... How did you get out of the space of feeling mom guilt and feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm neglecting my kids by prioritizing myself and me doing this is selfish and it's dismissive of my family and I'm supposed to be able to do all these things and they are my number one priority and how can I be so selfish in pursuing that? How did you shift that frame for yourself to allow yourself to advocate for your best showing up all the time, not just you showing
1: up all the time? Okay, well, first of all, I do completely agree with you. Um, And I think by default, uh, women or mothers are the default parent. Um, So everything pretty much (laughs) is on them. So the cooking, the picking up the kids, you know, organizing their activities, signing them up for activities, taking them to the doctor. Like there's just so much, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, you're not meant to do it yourself and that is what I think you know like you said feminism or just I think that's what it's created like it's created this all or nothing kind of attitude or um, belief uh, that we have as mothers have to do everything and there's a reason why they say it takes a village to raise a child well it's true you need the help and too many of us mothers these days are just doing everything on our own and it's way too much. And I, you know, it's, I don't think, I mean, if you're not a mom, like I I honestly don't think people realize how much there is to do and the day-to-day of it all. And it's exhausting and it's mentally exhausting, physically exhausting. And that's right. Like you show up for your kids And because of all of that, you're snappy, you're not, um, uh, you're not conscious about the way that you're reacting to your kids. And so putting, so the shift for me was, well, if I put myself first, and if I take care of myself, then I'm not going to show up like that for my kids, because I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good physically, I'm feeling good mentally, I'm working on myself, you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm seeing a counselor as well. Um, but not just that, you know, just other means of uh, self help, um, books, or, you know, even I know social media, And we will get into that. But there are obviously certain accounts that are very beneficial. And so for me, the biggest shift was, well, it's not selfish, if I'm putting myself first in order to be there for my kids, in order to show up for them in the way that I need to. And in order to, and to show up the way that I need to for myself. Well, here's a
0: perspective shift, right? And this is, this is kind of a mental model and a different way to look at it. Right. So some would say that it is selfish in order for you to create space and time for yourself, to take care of yourself, to focus on your weight loss, to feel good with your nutrition and all that stuff. I would argue from a different lens, you could argue that it's actually entirely selfish to decide that you are somehow going to take on all of these things and it's acceptable for you to show up less than your best for your children. What's up team? I interrupt this broadcast to formally invite you to our live event in McKinney, Texas, Saturday, October 21st. If you are into health, fitness, and personal development, you are not going to want to miss this. We are gonna have industry-leading experts talking all about nutrition, health optimization, and understanding yourself because you deserve to be all that it is that you can be. So I hope to see you there for more information, click the link below in the description. And now we'll get back into our episode because you're prioritizing all of these other demands that drain you because that is what is deemed valuable and what will make you worthy in the spectrum of our culture.
1: But this is just it. No, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and so it's like for me if you wanted to make the argument on the other side it's like that I would say you accepting treating your children in a reactive versus a responsive mode because you are run and spread too thin trying to juggle everything all at once, right? Then you're giving them a C level of motherhood when they deserve an A. And only if you recharge yourself and give yourself permission to take care of your physical, mental and emotional health and well-being can you show up and represent yourself in that way that sets a good example for them to aspire to embody as they do grow up? Because one thing that I also know is children learn a ton in young years by just watching, mm-hmm. right? And, and so for me, like a lot of my own drive and ambition, my mom worked three jobs, three three young kids. Um, and I grew up in sports and, and my ambition was being able to see my mom's work ethic right? Cause she, she worked a lot, but she never missed anything. And she showed up all the time and she was very good at putting on a face. Like if, Mm -hmm. if there was a bomb under my bed, she in the calmest way would be like, Kate, we're just going to get up and go for a walk right now. Right? Like she was very good at just presenting herself. Also, I will say she, she was not very reactive though. There were times when she was absolutely spread thin. And I also was able to observe that. And so I think that a lot of moms and dads, I don't know that they recognize just because their child is so young and maybe they're not talking yet that they don't pick up on some of the behaviors that you present to them because they are learning what it is they're going to aspire to normalize in their life maybe Um, as an adult. And we see this a lot with relationship dynamics, for example, if you grow up in a house that is entirely toxic and chaotic, right? You might gravitate towards partners that are entirely toxic and chaotic because on some level that's normalized for you. Whereas Mm -hmm. if your experience was a bit different and you saw your parents, instead of running the mill, eating out, drinking every evening to try to work through the stress of the day, right? But you see them journaling and you see them walking and getting movement and you say, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my food because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm eating the right things. And I want to make sure that I'm healthy for you. And this is important for me to eat these things. And, you know, we'd only need a little, a certain amount of energy and I don't want to eat too much and I don't want to eat too little. I want to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And if you'd explain it to them that way, it's going to be like, okay, I should eat to get big and strong. And I, I do want to, you know, be able to exercise and be strong and fit and have energy and be mobile and all those things. But it's all about what trickles down from your presentation in their experience as a kid.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you're going to be a great mom, by the way. You already know. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm just learning that, you know, I'm going through this Um, process this you know inner healing journey and you know conscious parenting like everything is going hand in hand for me and yeah it's a lot to to learn but I I feel like because I took this step to uh, work on myself and be healthier and be stronger um, that I was able to I'm just more receptive to things like conscious parenting for example not being reactive and I'm a i am I want to learn that and I want to be like that and I am you know and that the only reason that I was able to get there was because I focused on myself and I made myself a priority it's like a domino effect in a sense like I would not be here thinking about you know how I react to my kids or how I parent my kids and how they're mimicking everything that I do and they're watching and observing me work out. And, you know, we're more fit, we're more active now. Um, We're engaging in healthier activities and eating and meal prepping and eating at home, not realizing, you know, until now that, wow, that's going to have such a profound effect on them. And so, yeah, I mean, just as you said, that's so true.
0: <laughs> All of it. So I am curious on a couple of things, but the first thing that I want mm-hmm. to circle back to is you mentioned social media, and you're like, I don't, I don't yeah. want to elaborate so much on that, but I do. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so I do want to know your your first experience and kind of how your beliefs or perceptions have shifted with social media. What impact that had on you personally? And how you've changed your behavior to interact with social media so that it is something that is progressive for you and not uh, destructive in psychology,
1: so uh, for me, social media, and i I think we 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 all know that um, depending on kind of what you follow and what you expose yourself to, it it can have a negative impact. And for me, prior to this journey, I was triggered by social media. So the accounts that I followed or even just personal friends and their lives and whatnot, like I felt triggered. And I realize now is also because I was you know, unhappy with myself. And so I think that we're constantly um, looking at our uh, other friends or other accounts and comparing ourselves. And we're in a, when we're in a place where we're not fulfilled or content, it just tends to have that negative impact. So what I did for myself was I basically deleted everyone off of my <laughs> Instagram account, all my friends, my family, everyone, everything that I was following. And I uh, just tuned into the accounts and the people that I thought were going to be beneficial for me. So um, I just followed certain, um, I, I'd say, you, you know, the professionals <laughs> in yeah. the fitness industry not just influencers Um, So I just filtered my social media so that uh, it benefited me in a more positive way. And I found that had a huge impact on just my uh, mental wellness. And I think that's really
0: important that you say you took responsibility because a lot of people will blame social media and say it's the Mm -hmm. algorithm and, you know, all these people on social media promote these things. And it's like, yes, but if you understand an algorithm, what it does is it promotes the things that you engage with the most. And so if you are always looking at other women who look a certain way that live a completely different lifestyle than you and have more bandwidth than you might have to be able to commit time-wise to investing in shedding a bunch of weight or building a bunch of muscle. And again, you don't know the context or the sacrifices that they've made to be able to do that or the quality of the life behind the screen. Because social media is like a second reality for people, but it's not congruent with our true reality in which we exist on a day-to-day basis. And so the perception of what somebody else looks like and their ability to achieve something relative to you, what you don't understand is subconsciously you normalize that their life must be similar to yours and you're just somehow inadequate or broken or something is wrong with you. Um, And that can prevent people from pursuing the thing that they want most out of fear of failure or just a belief or a story they tell themselves about themselves of, of what they're capable of achieving But you taking control over that and going, okay, well, none of this stuff, well, first it was the cue that none of that stuff made you feel good. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, every time I get on here, I see this inspirational shit, but it doesn't actually sit well with me. It doesn't feel good for me, right? It makes me feel worse about myself. And so for me to change that, right? And still embrace social media, because I don't want to say it's all negative. It's not but you create the feed in which you experience. And so for you to get on there and go, okay, well, I'm just going to unfollow all the shit and reprogram this algorithm to give me content that I enjoy consuming. And that gives me hope, education, you know, inspiration in a way that also brings my energy up and inspires me in a very positive way versus a self-destructive way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was telling you before, like what, Working with Andrew as well, like he was able to help me um, just filter through that as well, like understand that there's so much nuance and context um, when it comes to certain posts. And I, it helped me just learn that not everything applies to you, but there's always going to be, but you'll find things that do and things that don't one day will, but it's, it's just take take everything you know just with a grain of salt right like it's there for you to I don't know if it interests you if it's something that you want to look into further you can but otherwise um, it's just motivate some things are just more motivational than others you know your posts for example your reels are just very captivating so thank you (laughs) yeah Um I think one
0: of the most important things that was given to me, and I can't remember who exactly said this. So if it was you just shout me out and I'll I'll give you some credit. But, um, one of the things that really shifted my perspective on the content that I was consuming is ask yourself why this person would be sharing this information with you and specifically with fitness or diets or training programs, right? If, if I see someone who's really heavily promoting keto And it's like, this is the benefits, carbs are the devil, don't eat sugar. like This is how you achieve this type of physique and whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. If I go to their page and they're promoting their keto blueprint for whatever results, then the reason that they're sharing that message with me is because it's promoting a product that they want to sell me. And so the genuine or how should I say the the level of impact that I'm going to allow that dialogue to have on me is going to be minimal because I, A, well, I'm educated enough to know that it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, as a consumer, if you can see that the only reason they're sharing that is because they're pushing a product that also supports that dialogue or that narrative, then it's like, how how true is this information, right? And how applicable is it to what I'm looking for, right? Whereas if you have like a lot of my my stuff is just genuine conversations I have on podcasts. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell you anything, but these are things that I wish that someone had told me that I had learned, Um, And as I interview different people, I like to learn from them. So it's a way for me to share that knowledge. Um, But I think that again, with any specific thing that you're getting on social media or even the news, right? You can see this a lot on the news pages. Like what, why are they sharing this message? What are they supporting? What are they trying to push? What beliefs do they want ingrained into my psychology and how does this benefit them? Right. If you can really look at, like they're saying this publicly, but why are they saying it? What is their idea or what is their outcome goal from sharing this information with me and i think that as a consumer that's a really good place to start filtering through again especially like a lot of fitness stuff if somebody's always posting pictures of their ass on social media and then they <laughs> want to sell you like a booty builder blueprint it's like okay the influencer is sharing this probably edited photo to sell me this program for 49.99 Right. And it's like, okay, well, how much of that is true? How much of it is actual? And then if you know enough information about what it takes to actually build tissue and grow muscle, right. And proper exercise modalities based on your individual leverages and movement patterns. then okay. Like that would be quite beneficial for you. Right. But if it's just some generic thing and it's promoted with an image of them that helps promote the product that they're trying to push, it all makes sense. Right. Same thing with Herbalife or, um, Weight Watchers or Avocare, like all of those shake systems. It's like, well, you try this and it will keep you full and you can lose all this weight. And you do it just by buying all these products that I'm selling to you, right? And it's like, how genuine is that information? And how context, in within the context of my own life, does that even apply? And so that's, I think, a good objective and conscious way for people to filter through what information on the internet or on TV is actually going to benefit them that they should question and be curious about or want to learn more about. Versus what is the intention of the person on the other side sharing this with me? And does the product that they're pushing actually solve my problem for the long term? Because again, you can do anything in the short term. People know what to do. It's not an information problem that we have. There's so much information out there that it's actually probably way too much and confusing for most people, but they have an implementation problem. And a lot of it is systems. And that's why I'll share anything with anyone about how to do what we do. Because the odds that they then take it and apply it and can create the systems that they need individually, it's very hard to be objective within yourself, in your own realm. And again, with your frame of reference, it also impacts the way that you believe things need to be done. And so a lot of it is shifting that and questioning things. Um, there's a really good quote, and I'm totally going to blow this, <laughs> uh, but it's it's um, I think it says, uh, this is how humans are. We question all of our beliefs, except for those we genuinely believe and those we never think to question. And so it's like, if you can really dig into that, it's like, what beliefs do you have? that are so deeply ingrained that you don't even think about questioning that to be true. And it's like, that was one of the pivotal moments that I had way back in like 2016, when I started my own kind of personal development and introspective journey was I started questioning everything. And I, it gave me a lot of peace and also clarity on what was real for me and, and what was just bullshit beliefs that I carried based on things that people mm. told me about me, or was valuable or what would make me successful or what my life needed to look like. Um, and I think that once you can remove all the clutter, all the white noise, and you can listen to yourself genuinely, I think that a lot of things, as far as your quality of life and the things that you can experience change massively and, and for the best. And so I want to ask you something that I think is very important because again, I am not a mom, but you are. Yeah. And so if you could give moms a piece of advice or a tip or share a message with them that you hope would resonate, um, what would that be?
1: Um, I think we 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 talked about this, but um, yeah, like just uh, unplugging yourself from all of it, from what you've been conditioned to, Feel to know what you've been told, what um, all of these societal, again societal, familial, cultural expectations, and you know you you just said this, but it's so true. This is what happened for me is that I started questioning everything on this journey. Like, why am I doing this? Who said this? Like, why is it that it should be this way? Why should I not um, make time for myself? why is it that we do this, you know, why is it I'm doing this, (laughs) and that was huge, and um, there's that book that I referenced before, and it's called The Radical Awakening, and that's what did it for me, and it just shifted my perspective in everything, and it was life-changing for me, and, you know, it just, everything that I've been doing has just compounded over time, and I'm in this place where I never thought that I would be physically, emotionally, mentally. And if we can unplug ourselves from just all of these kind of external things, there's so much we can learn. And that's that's what did it for me. And what was hard became easy. Um, and as a mom, it was hard. Like I know it's hard, but I just want other moms and women in general because, even if you don't have kids, you have a thousand things going in your life. You can do it. I mean, I did it and I don't want to put a number on it, but just for reference, like I've lost 90 pounds now (laughs) and not just weight, I'm working on getting strong, like physically strong because that's what I want to be. I want to be strong. I don't want to just be skinny. And yeah, and I think that, you know, if we just, there's always, you know, we'd say there's not enough time, but there's always time we can make room for just working on our nutrition, you know, begin with your nutrition. That's what I did. And then I started working on my steps and, you know, increasing that amount. And I would do it when my kids were, my, you know, my youngest is napping. If he wakes up in the middle, oh, well, I stop and I go back and finish my uh, workout later, you know, but if you can prioritize it and say, you know what, this is what I have to do. This is number one right now, then you can get it done. (laughs) You can. Yeah,
0: yes, absolutely. And I, one last nugget for everyone listening is something I say quite a bit, especially to moms is that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And you certainly cannot do everything all at once. And I think focusing on habits that you can focus on bringing intention into and attention to learning and improving it doesn't have to be your steps, your macros, your training, your cardio, your, all of these hitting your macros and all that, all that nonsense. It's like, what one behavior can I focus on improving? And it doesn't have to be all the things, but it's one small thing. And if you can win at something every day that shifts your behavior, that gives you positive outputs, you're going to continue walking down that path. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here. I know that this will help a lot of moms and I appreciate your voice. I'm very excited for what you're doing and I'm excited to continue to watch you grow.
1: Thank you. And I just want to say that um, you say this and it's so powerful, empowering, but the power of one, yeah, right? One thing. And that is how my journey started. And you know that's where everyone can start. So yeah, no, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Of course.